Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, five days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, five days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Places in my life and time I've sung a lot of songs I've made some bad ones I've acted out my life in stages With 10,000 people watching But we're alone now And I'm singing the song to you I know your image of me is what I hope to be I treated you unkindly But darling, can't you see There's no one more important to me We're alone now And I'm singing this song to you You taught me precious secrets Of a true love You're holding nothing You came out in front When I was hiding together Listen to the melody Cause my love is in there Hiding
Everybody, it's Labor and Love Radio, 2781 21st Street, Mutiny Radio, home of the fourth annual festival of comedy, underground comedy. 
Good morning to everybody. <clears throat> Forgot to clear my throat. This is the B, and you're listening to the Labor and Love Radio. Coming at you from Mutiny, 2781 21st Street. Come join the Mutiny. Comedy, radio, art, video. Performance space. Come on down to Mutiny Radio where it is happening. In El Mero Mero, the heart of San Francisco's Mission District. This is the B and this is the Labor and Love Show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. It's as simple as that. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. 
And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Where we say, so you're just not that into politics? Oh, really? Your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny you coverage. (laughs) It's time to get into politics. Okay, we just had our opening set. Number one was dedicated to Earl. Earl, who always loved this song. One of my... uh, Especially when my brother Charlie would sing it. Donnie Hathaway's song for you. Donnie Hathaway. Then we had Justicia, Tierra y Libertad. Justice, Land and Liberty by the Mexican rock and roll band Mana. Echoing the credo of Emiliano Zapata. Justicia, Tierra y Libertad. And then a beautiful rendition of The Good Life. Okay, time to get real, everybody. The world is turning more real every minute. Maybe it's time to kiss the good life goodbye and get down to brass tacks. Well, what do we got today for you on Labor and Love? As usual, we've got music of social significance. We've got our labor beat on the Facebook webpage, which you can access, Labor and Love Radio on Facebook. We've got Radio Labor, a worldwide set of stories about the labor movement all over the world. The Supreme Court and pensions. What's going on in San Diego? What did the Supreme Court just decide not to do in terms of pension quote-unquote reform. Amazon workers in Minnesota walk off the job. Brazil's labor movement braces for a struggle against their ultra-right Trump wannabe. This day in labor history. Quotes from Frank Lloyd Wright. Memories of labor movements in the past. March 21st, 1866. California passed an act for suppression of Chinese. So, it's Labor and Love Radio. Let's jump right away into our radio labor Radio Labor tells us what's going on all over the world. What are working people doing? On Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, March 22nd, 2019. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, the UK is in a political crisis and unions are trying to protect workers. A young activist reminds the world it has 12 years to handle climate change. 
The Labor Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labor. Despite being given a little more time to work out its controlled leave of the European Union, the United Kingdom is in a political crisis. The UK was scheduled to leave the EU on March 29th, but that deadline has been extended to April 12th. So far, Prime Minister Theresa May has been pandering to the libertarian right wing of her conservative party, known ironically as the European Research Group, the ERG. This all started in 2016 when a national referendum resulted with 52% of the people who voted supporting the idea of leaving the EU. 48% voted to remain. During the three years afterwards, Ms. May negotiated a leave deal with the EU, but that deal has been rejected by Parliament, which also rejected leaving with no deal. Prime Minister May has been standing by her deal saying it is either that or leaving without a deal. Unions in the country have been emphasizing that whatever the result, the jobs and rights of workers must be protected. Francis O'Grady, the General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress, the TUC, was interviewed and asked about the split in her membership concerning what has been called Brexit. We know that, in fact, a majority of people at work and six in ten trade unionists voted remain. But that means that we've got 40 percent who voted leave. But I think what's important is that whichever way you voted, we don't want working people ending up having to pay the price for a mess that I think the prime minister has got to prioritise clearing up. And we've been very clear, rule out no deal, extend Article 50, but come up with and start listening to MPs who could command a majority around a different deal. She's got to give MPs the opportunity to take those indicative votes to try and craft a consensus and a compromise way forward. Ms O'Grady was asked about the Prime Minister's actions during the crisis. I think she's shown, if I'm honest, a tin ear to concerns that have been expressed. She seems to be a broken record and keeps pushing a deal that suffered a historic defeat, a thumping defeat on the second round. I think she needs to know when to recognise that that deal is not going to get through. But she needs, to, she needs to start speaking up for the country as a whole, not just the European research group on her back benches. But, you know, we've got people in Honda a week on Saturday demonstrating to defend their plants. I'm not saying Brexit's the whole story, but it's a big part of it. And that uncertainty is putting livelihoods at risk. Ms O'Grady was also asked about the Prime Minister's tactic of saying it's her deal or no deal. It's clearly reckless. And, you know, this isn't a political game. This is about people's jobs, their livelihoods, their rights at work. These things matter to people. It, it shouldn't be something to use as a threat to try and lead people into voting for a deal that is going down. Instead, we need to find a new deal that prioritises jobs and workers' rights. When I was about eight years old, I first heard about something called climate change or global warming. Apparently that was something humans had created by our way of living. I was told to turn off the lights to save energy and to recycle paper to save resources. I remember thinking that it was very strange 
that humans, who are an animal species, among others, could be capable of changing the Earth's climate. Because if we were, and if it was really happening, we wouldn't be talking about anything else. As soon as you turned on the TV, everything would be about that. Headlines, radio, newspapers. You would never read or hear about anything else. As if there was a world war going on. But no one ever talked about it. That is 16-year-old Greta Thunberg warning that unless action is taken against climate change, she, her children, and her grandchildren will live in a devastating world. Her call for action was taken up by students who on Friday, March 15th, walked out of their schools or organized other events in 72 countries. The students were supported by labor unions who have been campaigning for a just transition for workers as the world tries to stabilize the planet with a maximum 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature rise. The United Nations has warned that the world has only 12 years to limit climate change catastrophe. Ms. Thunberg spoke to an audience in Sweden. If burning fossil fuels was so bad that it threatened our very existence, how could we just continue like before? Why were there no restrictions? Why wasn't it made illegal? To me, that did not add up. It was too unreal. So when I was 11, I became ill. I fell into depression. I stopped talking and I stopped eating. In two months, I lost about 10 kilos of weight. Later on, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, OCD, and selective mutism. That basically means I only speak when I think it's necessary. Now was one of those moments. <laughs> For those of us who are on the spectrum, almost everything is black or white. We aren't very good at lying, and we usually don't enjoy participating in the social game that the rest of you seem so fond of. <laughs> I think in many ways that we autistic are the normal ones, and the rest of the people are pretty strange. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the sustainability crisis, where everyone keeps saying that climate change is an existential threat and the most important issue of all. And yet, they just carry on like before. I don't understand that, because if the emissions have to stop, then we must stop the emissions. To me, that is black or white. There are no gray areas when it comes to survival. Either we go on as a civilization or we don't. We have to change. Rich countries like Sweden need to start reducing emissions by at least 15% every year. And that is so that we can stay below a two-degree warming target. Yet, as the IPCC have recently demonstrated, aiming instead for 1.5 degrees Celsius would significantly reduce the climate impacts. But we can only imagine what that means for reducing emissions. You would think the media and every one of our leaders would be talking about nothing else, but they never even mention it. Ms. Thunberg has been nominated for a Nobel Prize. This is Seamary Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. Here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. 
Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the reaction of New Zealand unions to the terrorist attack there, the attacks on independent trade union organizing in China, and the use of supposed anti-terrorism laws against Turkish unions. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. The national public sector strike in France shut schools and public transport across the country. Government registry office workers in Paraguay walked out in a wage dispute this week, creating real estate chaos and causing marriages to be delayed by a day. Port workers in Australia, known as Wharfies, began a series of national rolling walkouts in their wage dispute with a global ports management company. Also in Australia, workers at a hugely profitable telecom company were threatened with the loss of a full day's pay for taking part in a one-hour warning strike. Their response? A full-day warning strike. The surge in strike action by Mexican workers since the recent national elections continues with wage disputes all over the country in all sectors. One of the longest so far is the university walkout that passed the 35-day mark earlier this week. Korean auto workers held a partial strike as wage negotiations continued. In a partial strike, only certain workers strike so as to minimize wage losses. Those who do walk off the job have key roles in the production process. As a result, just a few dozen workers were able to bring production at a huge car assembly plant to a standstill. The new far-right president of Brazil faced his first serious challenge this week as teachers' strikes exploded across the country. And the wave of strikes that kicked off with the general strike over labor law changes continued this week as workers at a Hungarian appliance factory downed tools and demanded a substantial wage increase. Our top working women's stories included coverage of a strike over sexual harassment at an Indian garment factory that resulted in criminal charges being laid against a manager, this after complaints to the employer and to police produced no results, and a pay equity strike by nurses in Canada. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the continuing campaign against sexual harassment in the Australian film and television industry, and yet more deaths of sewer workers in India. Currently, Labor Start is running four online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now, here singing about climate from their loft in 2020 is Australia's Victorian Trade Union Choir. You knew, Grandpa, you knew. Now hear a song from 2020. Now global warming isn't you. The years you wasted were too plenty. You left the problem up to who? You knew our world would be in trouble. As your emissions grew and grew, you said it's only froth and bubble, but did you really have a clue? You knew, Grandpa, you knew, Grandpa, so tell me what did you do and what you do? You knew, Grandpa, you knew, Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? 
International labor news you can use. You can find our feature stories and daily newscasts at www.radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, Global Solidarity from um, Radio Labor. That's Labor with a U. If you want to tune in, they have almost daily stories about labor issues all over the world. Uh, Radio Labor. Okay, I want to get into part two of our credo. The first credo was, so you're just not that into politics. Well, this is a takeoff on what they just said on Radio Labor. The It's all about global solidarity. Global solidarity with immigrant people, for example. And this is what a guy named Jesse Memmer said. We've adopted it. Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if there are undocumented immigrants in this country. Without Social Security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claimed they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. Social studies lessons, we'd all would ask, why do people move 
from one place to another? Are the people coming here from Mexico and Guatemala and Central America because they think the United States is a, a nicer country, a better place? No, there's a chance to work. This whole wall, deport the illegals bullshit is just 1%, the 1%, convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing the reason they are all poor is due to vast income inequality and resource price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. Please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, time to wake up. We'll do it for you. You turn in to, uh, tune in to Labor and Love and uh, we'll help you wake up and realize what's being done, what, what a trick the whole thing is. I want to play some more music now. And let's see what we got. How about Linda Tillery? I'm not saying Brexit's the whole thing. Risk. One second for Linda Tillery. Because if we were, and if it was...
Here's one more item for you, the last in our civics book, rights. Boy, everyone in this country's always running around yammering about their fucking rights. I have a right, you have no right, we have a right, they don't have a right. Folks, I hate to spoil your fun, but there's no such thing as rights, okay? They're imaginary. We made them up, like the boogeyman. <laughs> the three little pigs, Pinocchio, Mother Goose, shit like that. Rights are an idea, they're just imaginary. They're a cute idea, cute, but that's all cute and fictional. But if you think you do have rights, let me ask you this, where do they come from? People say, well, they come from God, they're God-given rights. Oh, fuck, here we go again. Here we go again. The God excuse, the last refuge of a man with no answers and no argument, it came from God. Anything we can't describe must have come from God. Personally, folks, I believe that if your rights came from God, he would have given you the right to some food every day, and he would have given you the right to a roof over your head. God would have been looking out for you. God would have been looking out for you. You know that? He wouldn't have been worried about making sure you have a gun so you get drunk on Sunday night and kill your girlfriend's parents. But let's say it's true. Let's say God gave us these rights. Why would he give us a certain number of rights? The Bill of Rights in this country has 10 stipulations, okay? 10 rights. And apparently God was doing sloppy work that week because we've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. So God forgot a couple of things like slavery just fucking slipped his mind. But let's say, let's say God gave us the original 10. He gave the British 13. The British Bill of Rights has 13 stipulations. The Germans have 29. The Belgians have 25. The Swedish have only six. And some people in the world have no rights at all. What kind of a fucking goddamn God-given deal is that? No rights at all? Why would God give different people in different countries different numbers of different rights? Boredom? Amusement? Bad arithmetic? Do we find out at long last after all this time that God is weak in math skills? Doesn't sound like divine planning to me. Sounds more like human planning. Sounds more like one group trying to control another group. In other words, business as usual in America. Now, if you think you do have rights, one last assignment for you. Next time you're at the computer, get on the internet, go to Wikipedia. When you get to Wikipedia, in the search field for Wikipedia, I want you to type in Japanese Americans 1942, and you'll find out all about your precious fucking rights, okay? All right, you know about it. You know about it. Yeah. In 1942, there were 110,000 Japanese American citizens and good standing law abiding people who were thrown into internment camps simply because their parents were born in the wrong country. That's all they did wrong. They had no right to a lawyer, no right to a fair trial, no right to a jury of their peers, no right to due process of any kind. The only right they had, right this way. <laughs> into the internment camps. Just when these American citizens needed their rights the most, their government took them away. And rights aren't rights if someone can take them away. They're privileges. That's all we've ever had in this country is a bill of temporary privileges. And if you read the news even badly, you know that every year the list gets shorter and shorter and shorter. You see how soon Yeah, 
Sooner or later, the people in this country are going to realize the government does not give a fuck about them. Government doesn't care about you or your children or your rights or your welfare or your safety. It simply doesn't give a fuck about you. It's interested in its own power. That's the only thing, keeping it and expanding it wherever possible. Personally, when it comes to rights, I think one of two things is true. I think either we have unlimited rights or we have no rights at all. Personally, I lean toward unlimited rights. I feel, for instance, I have the right to do anything I please. But if I do something you don't like, I think you have the right to kill me. So where are you going to find a fairer fucking deal than that? So the next time some asshole says to you, I have a right to my opinion, you say, oh yeah, well I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. Then shoot the fuck and walk away. Thank you. George Carlin there to uh, wind up that <clears throat> set. Carlin is talking about, of course, about rights. And uh, at the end of his career, towards the end, he became what some people call bitter. What I would say is, uh, well, he was prophetic. He was a prophet. He was talking about reality in the sense that someone like Richard Pryor would, or Lenny Bruce would. We'll play, maybe play some Lenny Bruce later, but Carlin uh, nails it. Right before that, we had Bertolt Brecht's Alabama song from the Three Penny Opera about a gang that's going around looking for uh, bars and women. That was preceded by Linda Tillery with her heritage choir don't let nobody turn you around and this is the B this is the labor and love show and uh, we're coming at you from mutiny radio 2781 21st street where it's happening all the time come on down or sign up to listen to Mutiny Radio. Sign up to listen to uh, archives of your favorite shows. We've got an excellent variety of, sh of talk shows, comedy shows, music. Uh, you name it, we've got it here at Mutiny Radio. Small business uh, advice, free phone sex, uh, <laughs> Whatever you want, we got it. All right, well, let's talk about something that's important and uh, sort of a back page story. Um, workers' pensions. Supreme Court deals San Diego a blow on public pension reform. This is from the Times of San Diego. The U.S. Supreme Court dealt a blow to San Diego's 2012 pension reform Monday when it declined to hear the city's appeal of a lower court decision. The California Supreme Court ruled in August 
that the city erred in the way the pension cuts for new public employees were placed on the ballot as Proposition B. Now, let's figure out what's happening here. The pensions were changed from defined benefit pensions where the deal is you you join the pension, you, you get paid a certain amount, guaranteed amount of money every month. They tell you beforehand how much you're going to get. What the city did was change these pensions into defined contribution pensions. Okay, you get that difference? <laughs> defined benefit. We're going to pay you this amount every month. Defined contributions. You pay us this amount every month, and we'll tell you how much you get. It's going to sort of fluctuate. What would you rather have had in 2008 when the whole thing fell apart, when the whole stock market fell? Would you rather have a defined benefit where you were guaranteed how much you're going to get? Or would you rather have it fluctuate with the stock market, which is where these pension funds uh, invest money? Well, sure, you would want the defined benefit pension. Okay, this guy, Carl DeMeo, is a guy who sort of pushed this idea of changing the pensions. Prop B pension reform is a citizen's initiative that is protected under the California Constitution. So it was passed by the voters. The top courts in action means state courts will have to resolve the case including whether to financially comp compensate 4,000 city employees who don't have pensions because of the voter-approved measure. Legality of the ballot measure has been challenged by a long-running lawsuit by four city labor unions. It made San Diego the only California city to discontinue traditional pensions for new hires who instead have 401k style retirement plans used in the public sector. 401k is you're uh, okay to put away money every month, but it's invested. So it's, again, it's a defined contribution pension. This is something uh, this is something that is going to have to be addressed. I mean, you think you got a pension when you come out of uh, work? It just became easier for employers to dump retirees' pensions. Let's see what this case is. Traditional pensions are disappearing in America, and the federal government has just made it easier for employers to get rid of them. The Treasury Department allows employers to buy out current retirees with a one-time lump sum payment. Okay, so you've got a pension. You're getting a couple thousand 
or whatever every month. And all of a sudden, somebody says, well, here, do you want half a million dollars right now? And give up the right to your pension, your monthly payment? Since the 1980s, employers have shifted away from offering defined benefit pensions which provide a guaranteed monthly income for as long as someone lives in retirement. Instead, employers now favor 401k accounts, a finite pot of money that becomes available at age 59.5. Pensions which are insured by the Federal Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation in case employers go bankrupt still cover 26.2 million people across 23,400 single employer plans. Pensions are big liabilities for companies, which Wall Street ratings agencies don't like. To remain solvent, pension funds depend on their investments in bonds, stocks, and other securities. But recent swings in financial markets serve as a reminder that positive returns are not a sure thing. Okay, so that's where the action's going to be. Uh, a retiree's taking a lump sum is entirely voluntary. However, behavioral economists have found that people tend to value money that's right in front of them over money they will get in the future. People get blinded by the amount of money, said Bill Kaderite, president of the National Retiree Legislative Network. We'll offer you $400,000 and they're age 65. It's not that much money at all, but they don't think about it that way. Okay, your pension, that's where the action's going to go. Okay, that now they want your pension. Let's take a look at some facts I'll bet you didn't know. Hey, America. Hey, America. Did you know the U.S. government gives $4 billion a year to Israel? That's $10.5 million per day. Oh, yeah. And Israel has universal health care and government-subsidized colleges and universities for all its citizens. Just saying. Just saying. L.A.'s exotic dancers are launching a labor movement. LA's exotic dancers are launching a labor movement. This is from Los Angeles Magazine. Outside La Brea Avenue Strip Club on a recent Friday night, protesters drew stares, supportive horn honks, and the occasional cat call from interested passersby. Above them, crazy girls, blue neon sign promises. Live girls, girls, girls. But the 20-plus dancers, activists, and allies gathered on the sidewalk, and they have signs of their own featuring slogans like, Heels on, walk off. 
Abolish house fees, don't pay to work. One protester with a megaphone leads the others in chants, Hell no, we won't poll. Club owners are telling lies. Strippers need to organize. We're out here because the change in employment status has gone from independent contractor to employee, says Anita Crane, a stripper, sex worker, writer, activist, and one of the leaders of Soldiers of Pole, the pro-unionization group responsible for organizing the protests. In 2018, the California Supreme Court issued a seismic ruling clarifying and restricting what constitutes an independent contractor. Exotic dancers are now considered employees, which means they'll enjoy laws governing minimum wage, discrimination, sexual contact, misconduct, worker compensation, and other protectors. As clubs have begun to transition to the new reality, dancers claim there's been pushback and foul play. A lot of girls are saying that clubs are manipulating the numbers and we're not getting paid for all the hours we work. They're also launching a unionization effort. We have a right to force management to come to the table and abolish stage fees and wage theft and racist business practices and make a safe and sane work environment for dancers. The only way to do that is unionize. So the independent contractor part of it is you pay to get up on stage and then I guess you get to keep the money that people throw. Okay, LA's exotic dancers. Labor and Love Radio, class struggle at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. The point of view of Labor and Love Radio is, after months of bargaining, the contract for the musicians is over. It expired. Picket lines aren't usually associated with some of the world's most elite musicians. But the CSO, members of the American Federation of Musicians, Local 10-208, decided to strike. The symphony orchestras are now, members are now a fixture outside the symphony center in the heart of downtown Chicago. Isaac Silver interviewed three striking musicians who represent the wide generational range within the CSO. How did you decide on becoming a professional symphony orchestra musician? They practice individually at home to perfect the repertoire. They all get together and rehearse three or four times a week for two and a half hours. The rewards are satisfying. The routine goes on for 35 weeks with a few tours interspersed. 
Those hours, the symphony. Let's see, what are the major issues in the strike? Our demand that management is making to discontinue, here we go again with pensions, our defined benefit pension and replace it with a defined contribution savings plan. Our, de- our pension benefit, which we have been guaranteed for the past 50 years, is a major cornerstone of our strength as a leading symphony orchestra. There we go again. We'll have to look that up and see where it's at. Uh, maybe on our next break. And the whole case of Venezuela. Venezuela, the idea that's being sold, the idea that's being sold in the uh, popular press is that Venezuela is that socialism brought down Venezuela. But it's not socialism, according to these economists, okay? It's corruption. The failure of Venezuela is due to corruption, not universal health care. These days, it seems you can't talk about socialism. Article by Thor Benson in Public Standard. Because certain people on the right bring up the failures of Venezuela every time the word socialism appears. Right-wing pundits claim incessantly that socialist policies are to blame for the terrible conditions that Venezuelans are now living through. But the story is fundamentally false, says James Galbraith, professor of economics. No serious person makes this argument, says Richard Wolff, professor emeritus in economics at Massachusetts Amherst. So why do they want, you know, what is, uh, there are many reasons why it failed the way it did, but it certainly wasn't because Venezuelans got free health care and over-reliance on oil exports in the years before oil prices plummeted was a partial cause of the crisis. Intervention by the United States is another important part of it. Most crucially, it was a government rife with corruption. What socialist policy failed in Venezuela? Noam Chomsky asks rhetorically. The politics of allowing virtually free reign to capital for enrichment Both capitalism and socialism can be corrupt. Unfortunately for Americans, the current U.S. presidential administration has established historic levels of corruption. So, let's see if we can get Chomsky himself. Guess not. Okay, so the takeaway is that it's corruption. 
Okay? It's corruption, not socialism, that brought down Nicaragua. We'll have some more from our labor beat. Uh, if you're a Trump voter, this is you, Mozales. You're sitting there yakking right in my face. I guess I'm gonna have to put you in your place. You know, if silence was golden, you couldn't raise a dime. Because your mind is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. You quoting figures and dropping names. You telling stories about the dames. You over laughing when things ain't funny. You trying to sound like the big money. You know if talk was criminal. Because your man is on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Short talk is cheap. Don't be making promises that you can't keep. You don't like this little song I'm singing, just grinning back. All I can say is if the shoe fits right and you must keep talking, please try to make it right. Because your man is on vacation and your mouth is working.
got a union wife. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. did my best crawling across some foreign field they pinned a ribbon to my chest so pass around the bottle boys let's talk about old times night's rolling in it's cold as sin here on the welfare line served on the georgia road game couldn't pay the debts i owe Cause I ain't made of silver And I ain't ever seen no gold I still remember Rachel Soft as a velvet gown They laid her in a pauper's grave On the other side of town So pass around the bottle, boy Let's talk about old times Nights rolling in, it's cold as sin Here on the welfare Now some folks are born to money You know I wish them well If the devil should ever want my soul I swear I'd never sell So pass around the bottle, boy Let's talk about old times Night's rolling in, it's cold as sin Here on the welfare line Pass around the bottle, boy Let's talk about old times Here on the welfare line 
And the peaches are rotten, the oranges are packed in the creosote dumps. They're flying them back to the Mexican border to save all their money, then wait back again. My father's own father, he waited that river. Others before him have done just the same. They died in the hills and they died in the valleys. Some went to heaven without any name. Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita. Adios mi amigo, Jesus Maria. You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane. All they will call you will be. Some of us are illegal and others not wanted Our work contracts out and we have to move on Six hundred miles to the Mexican border they chase us like rustlers, like outlaws, like thieves. Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita. Adios mi amigo, Jesus Maria. You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane. All they will call you will be deportees. Deportees. I haven't played that one for a while. The Highwaymen. Let me see if I can get him. Johnny Cash. Chris Christopherson. Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings. The Highwaymen. 
played Deportees, a Woody Guthrie song celebrating the people who were killed in a plane crash, farm workers from Mexico who were being sent back to Mexico, being deported. And all they will call you is just deportees. Now, there's a writer named Tim Z. Hernandez who decided to take up that challenge. And he researched the lives, tried to find out all he could about the lives of the people who were killed in that crash. And he, there are indeed people who, someone who comes back every year to commemorate the death of a relative. And so Tim Hernandez has taken that up for a challenge. We'll see how he does with that. Before that, they had welfare line about a vet, a man who had served his country and uh, ended up in the welfare line drinking from a bottle. Union made for that traditional union song. And uh, Mose Allison, your brain's on vacation, and I'm saying that if you're still supporting Mr. Trump, your brain's on vacation. If you're just not that into politics, it's time to get into politics. We've got some more stories now on the labor beat. L.A. exotic dancers are still on strike, and I looked up uh, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Uh, San Francisco Symphony people are helping uh, the strike at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Let's see if we can find that. Um, let's go on. Labor and Love Radio says on this day, March 21st, 1973, the Mental Patients Union was founded in London by a small group of mental health patients and supporters. They argued that psychiatry was a form of control of the working class under capitalism. And so in the same way that workers organize themselves, so too must mental health patients. March 21st, 1973. On March 1st, 1927, the Shanghai insurrection took place as 800,000 workers walked out of, on general strike. And a 5,000 strong workers' militia seized arms and attacked police stations and army barracks. By the end of the, by the next morning, the whole city, apart from the foreign concessions, was in the hands of the working class. They held the city until the arrival of the nationalist Kuomintang army. Now, at this time, Chiang Kai-shek as head of the Kuomintang army, was allied with the Chinese Communist Party. And Chiang Kai-shek's people turned on the communists and massacred communists and militant workers. This was the beginning of the Chinese Civil War. 
as uh, communists and uh, nationalists struggled. It was an act of betrayal by uh, Chiang Kai-shek. Okay, that's it for the labor beat. Uh, Bill raising the federal minimum wage to $15 heads to the U.S. House floor. The, re the reply of Labor and Love Radio, why did it take so long? Why have we taken so long to get these things that we want and need for our lives? Of course, everyone wants health coverage. <laughs> of course, everyone wants higher wages. But we've been bullshitted into believing that that's bad for the economy or something. That it's selfish to want to get health care for your kids. That's selfish. A bill to raise the federal minimum wage from $7.25 to $15 an hour has cleared a legislative hurdle that sets it up for a vote by the House of Representatives in the coming weeks. This move in Congress is a sign of broader political momentum from the minimum wage issue long embraced by progressives who are key to the Democrats taking control of the House. The matter is poised to play prominently in the 2020 presidential campaign. The bill also now is the support of Amazon, which last year committed to paying all of its workers at least $15 to lobby Congress. We got something on Amazon. This is on Labor Notes. After yet another speed-up in a workplace notorious for its lightning pace of work, workers at a Minnesota Amazon warehouse walked off the night shift for three hours. The March 7th walkout at Amazon's Fulfillment Center in Shakopee, Minnesota, was these workers' second job action in three months. Now, Everybody knows what the speed-up is. A manager will come to you if you work in a factory or you work in a, a situation like Amazon where there's production going on. They'll tell you, we really need to make this goal now. We really need to make this goal. Everybody work as hard, as fast as you can. We'll see about a bonus. Let's go. So people work as hard as they can. Then, under the rules of uh, scientific management, uh, they want you to work that hard more often. They want you to keep going. They want you to speed up and work as fast as you can all the time. Hanging over the heads of stowers, are twin standards, rate and errors. Racing against a literal countdown clock, stores have to find vacant space for incoming merchandise throughout the 850,000 square foot warehouse. 
Strikers work in the stow department, shelving items after they have been uploaded from inbound trucks and processed. Rate and errors. Rate means productivity measured in tasks per hour. See, this is all Frederick Lewis Taylor, the apostle, the inventor of scientific management. Stowers are expected to keep up a standard of 240 to 250 tasks an hour. Any downtime, such as spent drinking water or using the bathroom, is counted against productive time. There you go. Errors is a measure of accuracy in scanning and placing items. Since 2017, the number of acceptable errors has been reduced from 1 in 1,000 to one in 220,000. The rate has been constantly increasing. Workers are constantly expected to work faster while making fewer mistakes. Many of the Shakopee workers are East African immigrants and practicing Muslims. And organizers say that Amazon hasn't made sufficient accommodations for them. Okay, Minnesota Amazon. Let's play uh, Las Cafeteras, one of my favorite bands. La Bama Rebelde.
Mexico, man, this is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing they shit up and setting this motherfucker, huh? Uh, oh, my mama, all that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshitting. They packed up. Yeah, I see, it's over. Them motherfuckers now packed up and dipped. They thought they was going to play with these amigos, and they said, oh, yeah, we rise together, homie. And they leaving, and they not bullshitting. Take this in, man. Look at this, man. They shut this big motherfucker down today, man. We all going home, man. The SAs, look, ain't no grinding, cutting, welding. This motherfucker dead ass quiet. The Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Said fuck you, bitch. And really, and really, see, this is what I'm talking about, baby. I swear to God, they got me here geeked up on my Malcolm X shit, on my mama, nigga. Fuck the bullshit, nigga. Look at this. 
They shut this bitch down. They pissed them off, nigga. And they said, fuck you. We out. We not working no more today. Kiss my ass, nigga. I'll let y'all tomorrow on my mama. That's great. Look, ain't nobody here. We're just cleaning up. We're going home. It's over. I'm riding with the essays, nigga. Fuck it. Go to the crib. Go to the, go to the casa. Hasta la luego, mi muy bien. You swear to God. Everyone needs a nice place to live in, and good food to eat that's not too expensive, and clean clothes with no holes or patches, a doctor to call an old friend to visit, a way to get places, parties, and music, a street to walk safely and benches to sit on with shade in the summer and warm, friendly places to be in the winter, some work to do that's useful to others and doesn't get boring, and someone checking so no one's forgotten. Money to spend that's given and taken without feeling guilty. Love without pity. Pride without anger. Everyone knows what everyone needs. But programs, laws, city councils, commissions, agencies, bureaus can't give it to us. All of us need the best in each other. And if we can find it, and if we can give it, the rest will soon follow. If we all stick together, we'll get what we need. That was you, Utah Phillips. Here's something else that Phillips said we always need to keep in mind. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big mill towns of the Northwest. Why? Oh, is it because uh, all those capitalists decided to uh, let up on them? Make their lives better? No. Because we organized, we broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those are not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for, they were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories, damn it. No root, no fruit. Okay, this is a labor and love show. Looks like we're uh, pushing time here. Sure does sneak up on you. This is the B, and uh, let's see. Let's go out with Willie Dixon. Sometimes we go out with Coco. Time with Carrie Miraji. Let's do Willie Dixon. It don't make sense. 
if you can't make peace. You know, the blues speak of so many things and making a kind of variety of the program. It requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about. And when you think about the various nations of the earth, the various religions of the earth, the various nationalities, the various people all over the world, we have been able to make anything that we want to make and do anything we want to do. have created miracles, but it don't make sense when we can't make peace. You know, you made everything else, wise men. One man. 
of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. 
Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't know anything about it, sorry. (laughs) All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, Oh, you can can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes, oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. (laughs) 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. (laughs) 